Knights HQ, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Highly skilled labour hire and real world training for engineers, trades and construction. G'day and welcome to Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. For highly skilled labour hire and real world training, engineering, trades, construction, check them out. Well, we've got a new team with the same dream here at the Newcastle Knights. Our inaugural season of the Newcastle Knights NRLW has already started and we are so excited. Equally excited is this special podcast that we're doing on International Women's Day, March 8. We're celebrating the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of the wonderful women, not only in rugby league, but in all walks of life and raising awareness to empower them to continue to succeed in life. Sit back, relax and enjoy the special podcast of Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Let's let her rip. This year, we're all in. Hearts full, stadium pumping. Our rebel spirit on show. Take your seat and become a Knights member at knightshub.com slash membership. Welcome back, Knights HQ. The only way to find out what's happening in the walls of the Newcastle Knights. Well, I'm excited. International Women's Day, March 8, where we get to celebrate so many wonderful achievements. We've been celebrating here at the Newcastle Knights. Last Sunday was a fabulous day at McDonald Jones Stadium. The first ever NRLW Newcastle Knights team rolled out. And some of that part of that team, and also a very important part of the West Group and the Newcastle Knights, joins us on a special podcast today. Ladies, g'day and welcome. How are we? Wonderful. Katie Brazzle's with us. We've got Holly Fooder with us, Crystal Roder, and also the wonderful assistant coach who I must say has uh, given up a hell of a lot, Jess Skinner, to come here to Newcastle. I'm looking forward to diving into that. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to celebrate International Women's Day, March 8. Can I start by saying what does that mean to you, ladies? Katie, I'll start with you. I suppose International Women's Day is a celebration of all the achievements that we collectively have um, achieved over many, many years. And look, these ladies are the stars. They're the, they're the new stars of the future. And I was just so pleased to see you on Saturday put in such a great effort. It was um, sort of tenacious. It, there was courage. But I also saw something that I don't necessarily see in the men's game. And that's this level of respect that you have for each other on the field. It's, it was very warming, but uh, still very tough competitors out there absolutely they were holly it's a big day for you because i mean katie brings this wonderful board experience through the west group and through the newcastle knights and many other parts of the world your journey has been in rugby league for a while but this is the first nrlw that you get to be so close to how were your excitement levels on sunday <laughs> oh they were they were high but they were they were really reflecting on, I guess, the past 10 years for me being involved in rugby league, um, working from the grassroots um, in my role to begin with and then actually being a part of, of a new club running out. It was something really, really special. Yeah, it's one to remember, isn't it? We'll always remember. You know, I'm going to go sideways. You'll see I do a lot of this. I just go off for everyone. We were at Ballarat with the NRL team in the sheds warming up. Of course, there's no, no phones in the dressing shed. But a couple of us snuck away on the side and we were watching it. And we lived the first try and we lived it all of the bits. It was pretty damn exciting. Crystal, I'm going to ask about you, our club captain of the NRLW, but also you've represented the Kiwi Ferns and the Maldi All-Stars. On a level of your experience and excitement, how did Sunday rate for you? 
Um, Sunday was extremely special for me. Um, like you said, I've been a part of a couple of inaugural teams, but being a part of an inaugural team that's based an Australian-based team and me being a Kiwi was very special for me. So um, to run out on McDonald Jones Stadium in the Knights colours, um, you know, extremely honoured, um, grateful, and just to have all my sisters by my side and, you know, all the coaching staff and the rest of the crew out on the um, the beaches there was really, really special. Yeah, it was so cool. It was great to watch. Jess, as I said in the intro, it's been a journey for you to even get here. Now, both of your mums, two kids, Jess, you've uh, left your job, you've come here to Newcastle and family have had to sacrifice as well. You've sacrificed a lot. What did Sunday mean for you? Yeah, I have had to relocate to Newcastle, especially with the postponement. Um, unable to have my kids with me this time, um, which does hurt a little bit, but the, it, they're just as proud as yep. the community here in Newcastle. Um, I don't think they grasp how big it is and how that weekend and that first game meant a lot for the history of the game and for the club as well. Uh, maybe when you know they're fourteen year olds like Chris, Crystal's son, um, maybe they'll look back and go, "Wow, my mum was a part of that." But um, to finally see it, it's definitely been a journey. But I'm so inspired by these women, these coaching staff that we that we um, that I have the privilege to work with every day makes it so much more easier and the sacrifices don't feel as big when you're around people like this. Yeah, it's really special. Katie, coming back to you, as a board member, you sit there, I imagine with great pride, share us some more of those feelings, what Sunday brought for you to see it finally on the park. I think it was it was history and it was really important that I ran into a lot of people that were coming in to, to see the game and I saw families and I saw fathers bringing daughters and I saw, you know, mothers bringing sons and but it was just so lovely because people understood that this was all about making history and I, I bought my nine-year-old granddaughter and uh, and while she told me she may never play rugby league, she it's inspirational to see people like yourselves playing at such a high level. So I don't think the history was lost on us and it certainly wasn't lost on the board when we made a decision to commit to um, a Newcastle Knights women's team. Great segue. Let's go back to that because that was a big part of it and, and it came on us quickly, didn't it? We were probably looking a bit further down the track but it was needed to be now and the board made it happen. Can you share with us how that was at a board level? Um, at a board level, we obviously realised we had been planning and uh, it was something definitely we're looking at in the future. But mm-hmm. these opportunities come along and you've got to grab them with both hands. And I think the board understood how important it is for the growth of um, women's sport, but also um, to to the growth of the Newcastle Knights. And, uh, you know, we're, in, we're a really important part of the game and, uh, yeah. and uh, women are going to be a very important part of the game in the future. Holly, this is the first in the NRL an NRLW wellbeing, and you've got a broader role in the wellbeing space. How were you when you got approached to come and join the Newcastle Knights? Very excited. (laughs) I think um, being a part of a new team and and being able to develop the opportunities, especially in the wellbeing space, um, the club have been fantastic in giving time to wellbeing and, and caring for our players in a whole person approach which I think is a new way of approaching elite sport and you know I can be a little bit biased but I think we are truly leading the way in that space you know having the ability for me to work with the pathways of the women um, developing them off the field it's only going to transfer on the field and and we can see that through the connection that we've built um, with the team and and with the club so 
Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. And, and what about Newcastle? Like, what a great city. It's just, it's epic. The beaches, the baths. I mean, I'm soaking it up. I'm loving it. You, you are. You're actually our number one <laughs> tourist advocate at the moment. <laughs> Have you eaten at home at any stage since you got here? Have you been yeah, out? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think absolutely. you've been. Absolutely. It's great to see. Don't tell too many because we're still trying to keep a little secret, just a little bit, because we don't want to get. No, tell the world. We're very happy about it. Hey, Crystal, I'm going to go to you now. A very special presentation of the jerseys beforehand. Kurt Gidley's a, a favourite son of ours. He's born and bred through West. He was a player as a 14-year-old, struggled to get into junior rep teams. All of a sudden he goes on and captains his state. Tell us about not only the girls' emotion, but Kurt Gidley's emotion when he did the uh, debutante jerseys. Yeah, that, that actually caught me by surprise because I've grown up watching Kurt Gidley, so I was well aware of who, who he was when he entered the room, whereas a lot of the young girls weren't. Um, but just to see his emotion and his passion for the game um, just blew me away. And um, I feel I'm, I'm very much alike with my emotions when it comes to rugby league. So just to see that passion that he expressed in front of, you know, all of us and including the coaching staff and everything, I just felt it was very, very special and something that um, was needed to be done. I think it was really special that it was done for the debut jersey presentation because then those girls take that jersey thinking man I want to be like that and I want to be a proud um, wearer of this jersey and a guardian of this jersey for the Newcastle Knights so I think just having that special presentation was just the perfect moment um, by the perfect person um, before we got to debut in that jersey and just showed and just having his daughters there as well mm. just to see their emotion you know his daughter started crying as well so you know just the, the passion that was shown I just think was just a special moment for all of us and I'm so glad that it was done when it was done. I'm going to share so I don't know how happy Kurt will be about this, but this Knights HQ is about bringing emotion and, and inside out. He phoned Danny Baderas after his great mate and he said, uh, hey, Beds, that, uh, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for what was going to tip out. And he, he was very raw. I think it was around the fact that his three girls were there in the room. And I'm going to come to you now, Jess, as a mum as well. The pathways, he spoke a lot about he wants his daughters to grow up aspiring to be the Crystals and the Newcastle Knights NRLW girls. I think that was the line he used to, I brought my three daughters here tonight so they could see what they could be. Um, mm. I just get goosebumps now thinking about it and the emotion because as the girls are and, and as coaching staff, that's all we want is for girls to just see what they could be mm. and to have his beautiful daughters there to see that. Um, mm. But also for them like, to be proud of their dad of what he's achieved and like Crystal said, it was the perfect timing. It was very authentic. Um, it definitely hit all the right spots for all of us. Um, but that one line, yeah, yeah. That, that's what, that's why at the end of the day we all do what we do is to inspire those young girls. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. How, how important is inspiration um, for you for, to inspire others to follow the, the tracks that you've done, playing for your country, playing for the ferns? Inspiration's important and, you know, I always try and inspire by actions and what I do. And one thing that um, Kurt Gidley said to us, you know, is to – he, you know, he always wanted to be the player that every other player wanted to play with, and that's exactly what I live by when I play rugby league. You know, no one else's opinions or outside noise matters to me. It's the people that I take the field with that matters to me. And if they want to play with me again, then I've done my job out on the field. So, um, his words um, stuck with me um, through going through prep for my game and every everything I was doing for my prep for the game. I thought of his words, and I was like, "Yep, that's exactly the athlete I want to be." And I think that um, all the other girls felt the same. So his message was definitely felt. Um, within our room on that night. We hear the word connection a lot and how teams are connected. I've got to say this is the one of one of the most connected groups that I've witnessed. Highlighted by and I don't know what you call it, the 
hand manoeuvre stuff. The, the individualisation <laughs> of that. Holly, you might have to speak through this. When we did the team photo, and it's on TikTok, it's on social media. Yep. To, I think it was, was really just a – it highlighted everyone's individuality, but together we've really created a sense of belonging and and I guess – what is it? What's it called? Help me out. I'm no, I'm old. I'm naive. Well, what's it called? Yeah. What is it? It's a handshake. It's a handshake. Just well, it's plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was complicated watching it. <laughs> complicated for one individual, I think. But you know, I only earned to focus on what my handshake was really. But that's what she I'm had saying. to. She had to worry about all the rest. And it was literally the whole NRLW squad, team, staff. Everyone was in yeah, on it. So yeah. Like it was pretty special. Hey, like I feel that it was a, a really good way of showing. Like I said, like the individuality for us all, but we've made a real effort in, I guess, walking towards our fears and and choosing courage and vulnerability over comfort and tradition and the way things have always been done. So that was just a small token of it. You should see what happens behind closed doors, but we can't tell you everything because we've got to have some secrets. Can you throw us a bone? Something, anything. <laughs> what have we got? Is there? What else would people walk away with to ha- having time with the girls? What, are, what else do you see they walk away with? They walk away with connection, they walk away with inspiration. Is there something else that you know that this group are going to leave an impact as? I think it's inspiring women to be who they are and to go back to their communities and, and be flourishing um, and passing those skills on mm-hmm. to their children, you know, to their organisations that they work for. I think it's a real focus for us to to look at things from a holistic lens and that's that's the most exciting thing for me. And I think you can hear like a little bit of, I guess, passion and, Good. and emotion coming out in that because it's really been something special. Um, and I think everyone has brought their journey to this team. It's brand new. We're talking from from the from the initial stages, so what we bring really sets the standard for what continues on. Yep. And I think um, to be involved in something like that, there's great responsibility, but there's also passion and there's love. You know, like mm. women are, are emotional creatures, and and that's what I love about us, and that's what I love about the team and the way that the organisation has supported us and. Um, all of the players, the coaching staff, you don't get that everywhere. And um, that's, what that's again, what makes this, this really special. And I don't know, Katie, what, what are your thoughts in terms of like from, from a board member looking, looking in at what you can see for the girls? Oh, I could definitely feel that connection and I suppose you can't be what you can't see. And uh, so it is, it is really inspirational. But I think the point you made about diversity, I mean, diversity – um, it can be based on gender, it can be based on age, it can be based on cultural differences. But diversity of experience is really important. And uh, even though you've got a, a team of women, they're all individuals in their own rights and they all complement and you've got to learn how each other ticks. And, and, and when you click, you actually bring that group dynamic together and it's very, very powerful. And that's what I saw um, at that game. It was fantastic. We're very lucky, you know, Katie, and, and you're on the board of West Group and, and oversee a lot of this. So I feel lucky that I get to work with colleagues like yourselves and we've got board members who can share that experience. When, when you looked at that lens of what you wanted to achieve, are we on the trajectory of, of what you envisioned NRLW would do within the Newcastle Knights colours? 
I think we're beyond what we expected. No. I think yeah, yeah. we've excelled what we expected. And I was so pleased to read today only the godfather of NRL, John Quayle, coming out and saying, after watching three women's games in a row, that why didn't we do this 30 years ago? Isn't that you great? Know, that's, that's what we want to hear. <laughs> what, what does that mean to you, Crystal, as a player? Um, oh, that's something really special, and I, I, I wish it was um, 30 years ago too, then I would have had more um, time in this game, but um, yeah, that's very special, and I guess um, sort of being um, in the game a lot longer um, than a lot of the other girls, I'm just like really excited for the future of the game to sort of see how far it's come um, over the last well, 17 years, I think I've been playing, uh, just to see the, um, the growth in the game and just to know that it's only going to grow even more and more in the future, so it's very, very exciting. Let me pick you up on that point. 17 years you've been playing this game. So this nonsense that people say, oh, this new phenomenon that's just come. Well, you're not a new phenomenon. 17 years isn't just down. And, and I've been lucky enough to come through it with my cousin, who was an early Jillaroo. And so those that are just thinking it's happening, you're, they're a bit late to the party, right? Yeah. I think at this level it's it's only just happening um, you know, so I've met, when I say 17 years, that's a lot of just grassroots sort of level. Mm. Um, but at this level, um, obviously, it's all a new era and, and all fresh. But, yeah, the 17 years I talk about was definitely um, nowhere near where it's at now. So share challenges, obstacles, because when you part, cast your mind back to 17 years ago, it would have been fair challenge. Could you share some of those obstacles you've overcame throughout that journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I think back to, say, my first ever Kiwis campaign, because if, if I'm sort of talking elite, um, you know, we had to pay our way um, to play, so, you know, it wasn't all funded. Mm. Um, we'd stay in a marae, we would have a camp and we'd all share the marae and sleep in the marae. We'd make our own lunches, make us a roll and pack our own lunch with a muesli bar and a bottle of water and then we'd go down the fields and train on a school field that was um, not even marked out and very uneven, you know, we'd have crusty old ball balls and um, hit shields that we'd be using and you know when I think about today you know we're, we're having buffet dinners um, we've got like state-of-the-art fields that we're training on we've got gyms to train in um, you know we've got all the kit and the gear which we never used to have and um, you know it's just it's just evolved so much we have we have body suits and flash um, hit shields and um, you know the balls are clean every time we train so you know it's just it's very very special and it's it's, it's it makes me more grateful to see where I've come from um, and what we sort of had to what we have now so I guess my gratitude um, could be a lot more because there'll be a lot of people that haven't experienced what we had back then so um, you know the evolution I know is only going to get even um, bigger in the game and I just hope to see that the girls become full-time professional like the men um, and I'll be watching from afar thinking yeah that's so cool I was a part of that. <laughs> well, I think your gratitude's through the roof so I, I think you got the balance quite nicely. I'm, I'm going to pass that up and down the line there of the obstacles that you've had to overcome to be where you are today. Jess I'll go to you on this one because you've got them current but no doubt you've got them from the past as well. Yeah um, I feel actually a little bit privileged from with my football journey um, as a coach. I've always sort of just fell into opportunities and, and taken them. I think the biggest challenge for me is that I do live in rural, remote community, um, a little town called Tringy Far West. So there's not a lot of NRL, W or NRL clubs there um, or opportunities in the elite space too. So I think the challenges for me have always been I have to actively seek opportunities and when they present, take them. Um, so taking those opportunities... Has just led to a lot of um, more opportunities, and then here I am, uh, an assistant coach here at the Newcastle Knights. So, challenges probably in distance, 
um, and just just a limited amount of opportunities of female, especially as a coaching female in the sport. Yeah. You skipped a couple of things there, so I've got to go back and take you on. Now, you're not just giving up a little bit. Do you mind sharing your deputy principal yes, in I'm, Trangy? Yes. So yeah. share that and that decision to not only this campaign, but we've had a couple of stop starts. So could you dive back into that a yeah, little bit? Yeah. So um, I'm a deputy principal out at out at Trangy as well. Um, so I obviously hold a leadership position within my community, um, not just in the school, but the wider community and the region when it comes to women's football. Um, so I had to obviously go to my school, um, ask for the 12 weeks off before Christmas, which they happily did. It sort of fitted in with the HSC season finishing. Um, COVID was online. So whilst I was here, I could teach online as well. So I wasn't sort of skipping a beat. Um, then postponement happened and having to go back to my leadership at, um, school and say, Hey, I'm going to have to take some more time off because this is an opportunity that I can't pass up and, I'm going to have to, you know, go 100% in. So I'm really lucky that, one, my community supports me, my region supports me, but also my school mm. um, and the leadership team there um, believe in my dreams as well. So I'm really lucky. Well, we're lucky to have you here. We appreciate it. That, that's a great, uh, great background of the challenges. Holly, you see challenge every day as a wellbeing officer. What, what it personally, maybe, ask you some of the obstacles you've overcome to get to where you are today? Yeah. Um, well, after 10 years in the game, like there's been a fair share of ups and downs, definitely yeah. um, coming from the development community space in Melbourne when, when we first met, you yeah. know, um, and developing the game in a, in a town that doesn't really know anything about what a Steedon is or, or how to pass a ball backwards. So definitely challenges there. But I think, um, oh, for me, was was probably reaching what I thought was my goal um, in, in working in the wellbeing space for the Women's Origin team. Um, and then, you know, COVID and, um, and being made redundant uh, was, was probably the biggest challenge in my career. Um, I felt like I'd had it ripped out from underneath me. I, the game hurt me. <laughs> like I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, yeah, you can, I can see the emotion. How, how do you bounce then? How do you overcome that? And what was your strategy to fall back in love with this wonderful yeah, game of I rugby know. league? Because it, it, it's, it's a bit brutal sometimes. It is brutal. It is brutal. Um, it was implementing the strategies that and the education um, that I've kind of gathered over the last few years in wellbeing, you know. I stand up and I, and I talk to the athletes about – strategies and, and ways that they can, you know, essentially build resilience and bounce back. But here I was faced with that exact thing, you know, the, the need to bounce back from, from being, you know, pushed out uh, essentially. And um, so it was meditating. It was eating well. It was doing all, you know, they say control the controllables, right? So focus my time on, on those areas and, and look at ways to rebuild myself um, I think perspective is everything, you know, yeah. mindset, uh, challenge the way things have been done, um, ask lots of questions and and look at ways to just make small changes and yeah. eventually those small changes build into slightly bigger changes and now I'm here sitting um, with you guys doing a podcast talking about athlete wellbeing. Like yeah. those girls running out on the weekend, I'm telling you, that was that was the dream for me. And, and to, to be able to witness that and to be able to work with them and, mm. and support them and, and sit with them and get to know them and, and look at ways that they can be the best they can be, 
you know, that's that's me living my dream. So, yeah, the, the challenges are just opportunities in disguise. That's a great share. Katie, you've looked at many things from a 360-degree angle. It's not every day. It, if you cast your mind back to many, many moons ago, who would have thought we see this and you oversee these type of things? Being on the board of the West Group alone, you know, female with a strong voice, can you share some of the obstacles to get to a position like that and the many other ones that you've held? Well, you're correct in saying I've got probably many, many moons on the ladies on my left here. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm halfway through my 50s and, uh, and it hasn't been easy. Um, it, it, uh, the same struggles, you know, balancing and making decisions about your family and young children and trying to grab opportunities as they become available and, and also putting a strong network of people around you. And uh, I've worked in the mining industry now for um, over 15 years and it's not unusual for me to be in a room and to be the only female in the room. Um, that, that's not the, the scary bit. It's, it's uh, ensuring that you can be the best person you can be in the room despite being female. And I was very careful for many years never to show my personal side mm. in uh, professionally because I didn't want people to know that I was a single parent raising two young children because I didn't want to be judged as to she won't be available for this, she won't have time for that. So I've spent a lot of time without ever having any personal attributes in my office so people could not – they had to judge oh. me the way they took me. Um, and so, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Um, but now I feel very – I suppose it happens when you get into your 50s. You actually really don't care what anybody else thinks. <laughs> you become very confident in yourself and you're actually – uh, have an opinion and I'm quite happy to express it and you know and get you get a level of respect but I've had a lot of support from a lot of people over many years that have actually been able to support me to get me to where I am now. 8th of March Interna International uh, Women's Day we get an opportunity to, to celebrate some of these uh, opportunities now and, and the successes. Do, are we heading in the right direction Katie? Are we, are we getting that better so that you don't have to sit in a corner and, and not tell people you're a single mum with two kids? I think we are and uh, I've just noticed in the mining industry that uh, 15 years ago I'd be having conversations within the organisation about what they would see as maternity leave and I'd say don't look at maternity leave as somebody having to take something that's given to them. Maternity leave is about investing in your people for the future because if you value people, you want them to return to the workforce. Um, I wouldn't have to have that conversation now because maternity leave is, is accepted, it's seen for what it is and that's about the retention of good calibre and quality mm -hmm. um, people. So there's been a, a lot of significant changes over a period of time that, um, but I still think we've got a long way to go and I suppose the next uh, big challenge uh, in uh, the the NRL with with the Women's League is the fact that we need to have the product and I suppose the pathways to ensure that we can have equality and we can have um, you become full-time professional athletes um, equal to, to the men. I think the product's there. I still think we've got a way to go with the pathways, um, but I think it's going to come sooner rather than later. There's a momentum that's heading towards that. Do you feel, Holly, from your 10 years in the game, are we getting there fast enough? Um, I don't necessarily think it needs to be fast. Okay. I think we just need to make the right changes and, and challenge tradition um, mm. along the way. Do I think we're heading there? Absolutely. You know, six teams now for the NRLW is great. Um, but I think the pathways are getting there as well, you know. And it's not just players. It's coaches. It's officials. 
it's having a voice with a, a female lens on boards, um, in football departments, um, just asking questions, I think, because sometimes we we don't look at things from a certain perspective. So I think we're definitely heading in the right direction and I think this region has a great opportunity with, you know, it's only the Newcastle Knights here. Um, mm. We've got participation rates going through the roof here, um, especially now with NRLW. The, the girls can see that they can be women playing in the Knights' colours. Mm. And, you know, once you see that and once we get those pathways and um, opportunities, education, um, we get there. We put people in a high-performance environment, they're going to spit out high-performance athletes. So, you know, the Knights have done that with, with the Centre of Excellence and, and their pathways uh, growing and, and changing and evolving, I guess. You know, like think of the last two years. Yeah. It's been crazy. And if anything, it's, it's really shaken up the way that we do things and um, – we got to jump on those opportunities, you know. We got to challenge the way things have been done, and and we can be the leaders in this space if we are vulnerable enough and courageous enough to do that. And I think the knights are doing that, and it's exciting to be a part of it. Krista, when they describe NRLW or women's female participation and sport, what are the, some of the indicators that we're getting it right well how do you want people to reflect on the game that you play and and the wonderful athletes involved in it um i think it's it's well with the work in progress i think that the thing that i'd like to see for the for the women that are currently doing it like i like i katie said we've got the products um but like if i reflect back to new zealand we definitely don't have the pathways um heading into the space like we're so far behind the eight ball in new zealand so when i've come here and seen the availability of um, resources and um you know the level of coaching and everything here in australia um it's it's definitely something that for this game to grow in the future we need to sort of have that back home so that we have the pathways we have the products and we can make this competition stronger as well um, so it's not just um, you know all based in Australia mm. so that you know we have the Warriors one team and then we have many of the other NRL teams over here but at the moment like we had the Warriors come over here and have to relocate but then it was all based with Australian players anyway so it'll be good that um, you know for the future if we could have the pathways growing um, right across the Trans-Tasman it'll be good for the growth of the game which I think is going to make it so much um, stronger and exciting because New Zealand is such a passionate um, country for the sport that if we can um, have the pathways the product from there to um, implement into the competition across the board over here then it's just going to be so good for the game um, as a as a collective so it's essential surely it, yeah. it just has to happen yeah, I just feel that it's not back home. So, you know, I've, I've been thinking about it since I've been here about how much, I, you know, I want to go home and say, man, this is what we need to do back here so that yeah. we can make this game stronger for our female athletes. And even in regards to, you know, um, trying to make the game stronger for women back home, we definitely don't have what the what the men have back home. But what I feel like over here, the females have a lot more than what we have back there um, to compare with the males. So um, it's definitely breaking that bias back in New Zealand that, you know, we, we deserve to be in this game as much as the men and we can do just what the men can do as well. So, you know, it's it's, it's given me the motivation to go back and want to, um, you know, to implement some things back home to try and help um, the game grow back there to, to get to where it is here in Australia. Yeah, that is so awesome. Uh, it's it's inspiring. Yeah, hey. that's awesome. <laughs> what's what's your prime minister's name again? <laughs> She's in trouble. She's in trouble. I think we might have her. Hey <laughs> Jess, as an assistant coach, the oh, hopefully this. Uh, well, I found this uh, really exciting today because the eighth immortal Andrew Johns walks into our building, 
And I get a hallway chat with Joe. I get three or four topics. His number one topic was the NRLW and how excited yeah. he was on Sunday, how coachable the girls are, how much, how quickly they learn. I found that outstanding. What does that mean to you as an assistant coach and reflect for us how you find coaching them? It's, it's actually – I love coaching these girls. Um, and I, I said it before, but they truly do inspire me because they, their dedication, their commitment, their sacrifices, they – it just – it does make it so easy. They are very professional. So when they're on our time, on the coach's time in training, it's – we're on. So they want to go to work. They want to work hard and they want to do the very best that they can for their teammates, for the coaching staff and for the, for the club. Um, so that's really easy. Um, as Joey's saying that they're like sponges or just so easy to, to, to coach, absolutely. They, like the girls want to know how to do better. They want to know what they can improve on or, um, you know, hear about their strengths and be reassured. Um, it's, it's definitely um, really nice to hear someone of, of his that just, you know, really interested in the women's game and as it continues to grow, we'll have more people like Joey you know, just as happy to watch it and passionate about it as well. I find it amazing to watch. Pre-season we had a, a many mixtures of Pathways kids involved and Andrew and Danny Baderas and a number of the former uh, former Newcastle Knights, our old boys out there. Joey's determined in the next couple of weeks to come over and do some one-on-one sessions and that's off his own bat. Like I just find it, I think it's reflective of how the community is now, Katie. There was a little interest before. And it's growing and growing. I can tell you the place to be on Sunday was the triple header in Newcastle. You wait till we get here when we've got the next double header going into the Knights versus the Tigers in round two of the NRL. That's going to be a special day. It certainly will be. I'm excited like now. A tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> it, so when you think about that, that you've got someone like Andrew Johns pushing into that off his own uh, volition, we're all heading towards that. Are we feeling the same in the community from your experience walking around? Are people talking about NRLW and Newcastle Knights and the, and the competition in general? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's lovely, as I said, when walking in, seeing people bringing their children along to, so that they could be part of something really exciting. And, and I'm sure that's not just a one-off. I think that families really recognise that it, it's um, providing inspiration um, for a whole community. I mean, we all know that if the Newcastle Knights win that uh, sales of new cars go up in Newcastle on the Monday, following Monday. Well, you know, we've got another team here to inspire and provide a spike or an economic boom for the following week. So, <laughs> so We could take over this whole... <laughs> Let's not limit it to Hunter Valley. Let's go right up there. We'll go right up into... We might be able to lift some of the spirits through the, uh, you know, the really challenged areas at the moment. Actually, I'll ask you this question, Jess, question without notice. Can What would happen if we just pop the NRLW team on a bus and just drove out to Tarangi. How would Tarangi be with the... Uh oh, they will roll out the red carpet and make you feel very, very welcomed. Um, I actually threw that out to uh, Casey at one stage. If, if, if COVID shuts us down here, I reckon we put the girls on a bus and we take them right out to far west. There's beautiful ovals. In some of the countryside, the greenest patch of grass is the ovals. Um, so they're, they're very passionate out in the bush. Um, just how we feel with the Newcastle community here. Out there, there would be other small communities, other bigger communities out there would just come and they would sit for days and watch the girls train. Um, 
They want to be just amongst it. I've got something here. This is what we're going to do, Katie. So we'll get you to put this on the next board agenda. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we're I like where this is going. <laughs> we'll get a bus, put everyone on it. If you're invited, you're allowed on the bus, but it'll be invitation only because there'll be a big lineup. We'll go to these regional areas, then we'll fly over to New Zealand with Crystal and we'll go and spread this amazing love that is NRLW. Are you with me? Absolutely. I think yes. that sounds like a All wonderful right. block in, I heard. <laughs> I know Philip and the board are big listeners to tonight's HQ, so we'll tune into that. Speaking of, if you're looking for a career opportunity in hospitality, the West Group Australia uh, offer ongoing career development opportunities, mentoring and a dynamic, fun and friendly work environment. We're all advocates for that. Uh, work alongside our passionate and experienced team that truly enjoy what they do. If you're interested, visit the career tab on our website to browse current opportunities at um, uh, mywest.com.au. Just go on the website, you'll find it. And you too can share this same team, same dream stuff that we're going through. Hey, before I let you go, uh, and just remember March 8 is a day look March 8 is a day where you can enjoy and celebrate International Women's Day but we want to do that every day right we're just to focus on the, on March 8 before I let you go ladies I, I want to ask you all the one question that I, I want to shift across everyone if you got one piece of advice for a young up and coming uh, lady girl even, even a young boy what is it that you're saying to them, particularly the young girls that need to find the voice? How do they? How would you encourage them to find that voice and a piece of advice you might have for them, Katie? I think take the opportunities as they come to you and mm. grab them with both hands and, uh, and, and the world's your oyster. Oh, I love that. Holly, you'll, this is only one. We, we, we don't want a full segment on this. Just, <laughs> All right. And, and I must Take, say, get you, your pens ready. <laughs> you've been very good. You've been trapped like a greyhound in the box there. I so, know. I'm, my rambling's been, been controlled well uh, here. It's been good. We're worried um, if you're on a sedative, actually. So, <laughs> just the one. And, what, what, and I know that's one. hard. Just the one. Yep. I might punch out two here. All like, right. One so and a half. One and a half would be volunteer your time. Mm. Um, I think we forget what happens when, you know, we, we really want to be paid to do this and paid to do that, but get experience, get out there and, and volunteer your time and learn and, and listen and meditate. That's my big thing. There's about five in that, so that was excellent. <laughs> right. No, that was very that was good. Cheeky. I enjoyed that. Well done. Crystal, this... Um, for me, finding a voice um, definitely comes down to self-confidence and belief, believing mm. in yourself. Um, like we spoke about earlier, not worrying about what anyone else thinks and, um, yeah, just, just fully, um, whatever you believe in, um, be true to yourself and voice that because, um, if you're being true to yourself and people accept it or don't accept it, that's their problem. Beautiful. Jess, what do we got? (laughs) Big mic drop there. I like it. Yeah. I feel like all those things are things I was going to say, but like being a grassroots activist, taking every opportunity, having self-belief and... I think the, the biggest thing is just have the courage to trailblaze, get out of your comfort zone. Um, and once you do that, like opportunities come and they come and just always keep learning. Great. The more that you can do, always. Well, I've got one. If you haven't got your NRLW membership, get on the Knights website, visit the Knights Hub and grab it. Better still, get out and see these girls. Get out and watch them. You think it's good on the news, on NBN News, you, when you see it in person, I, I think you'll, I know you'll walk away thinking, that is representing Newcastle beautifully. So that's my advice to all of our listeners. Hey, I've got to go. This is already a three-part series. We're only meant to do just the one because <laughs> I'm having so much fun. Thank you very much to our special guests today, to Katie Brazel, to Holly Fooder, Crystal Rota, good luck. Continue to play well. And Jess, thank you very much for being here today. 
A shout-out to anyone who's got any questions at the Knights HQ. Media at newcastlenights.com.au. Subscribe. The rating on this should be huge. Like leave, a, leave a rating for this and grab us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. In fact, it's easy just to go to the Knights website, Knights HQ. You'll find it. Look out for all the different things that are happening in Level Up. We'll be dropping soon. And the best way to get your information is just to push notification on and pick it up. So, girls, enjoy. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Remember, March 8th, International Women's Day, where we get to celebrate all of the different wonderful achievements and celebrating female athletes and females in general. Katie, Holly, Crystal and Jess, thanks for your time today. Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Don't stop listening here. Listen to the entirety of Knights HQ Season 1 at newcastlenights.com.au and don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen.